Welcome back to the programme. Now, I don't know uh, if you noticed uh, the recent Growing Up in Ireland report, fascinating report, uh, The extent, but the, what they threw up was uh, extremely interesting. Uh, funnily enough, putting accommodation as a number one concern for young people, talk about anxiety, they checked on drink, they did a whole uh, rake of, of a really interesting inquiry. Well, I have a group of young people, all in their 20s, sitting across from me this morning. All of them are still living at home, uh, as are the majority of people in their age group. And they're here to talk to us about the impact the housing crisis is having on uh, their generation. Uh, let me start with you, Abigail. Uh, you know, What are you working at? What did you qualify at? Where, wh- where are you living? <laughs> so I am from Blessington in Wicklow, and I would be a social care worker. So I studied four years in IT Carlow, and I work full-time as a qualified social care worker in a residential setting. Right, in in NACE, I gather. Yeah, in Kildare. Yeah. So, in terms of... Where do you live? I live in Blessington, so... No, but whose house do you live oh, in? Oh, I live in my parents' house. <laughs> it's okay, it's not what? too bad. <laughs> what is the family situation? So, I would live at home with my parents, and I have an older sister, but she is 10 years older than me, and she's only just after buying a house. Right. And would you like to to move out? I would, because I'm going out with a guy for six years now and the two of us want to kind of start our own life, but it's not you can't afford it. And is where is he living? He, he's from Nice. No, that's not what I mean. Oh, with his parents as well. He's living with his parents? Yes. Yeah. And does that frustrate him or does it frustrate the parents? Well, that my, as I say, my parents are sick of having me in the house. They want their, their shelves back because I have so much stuff. I have so many books and all, and they want their own place back to themselves. <laughs> right. And how much would it cost you locally there to rent your own place? Around about at least 1800 1800 Yeah, it's a lot. What would you get for 1800 Like, a, well, some, depending on where you're renting, but the majority of them would be, like, a one-bedroom house or a two-bedroom house or an apartment. Wow, that's a lot of money because people associate that with Dublin, but not. I would have thought as you moved out of Dublin, things changed a bit. Uh, Miriam, how about you? What are your living conditions or circumstances? Um, so I live at home with my four si- or three siblings and my two parents. So um, all of my siblings are between the ages of 21 and 26. So my eldest sister is saving for a house and my two younger brothers are kind of working and trying to figure stuff out. I'm working full time um, and again, yeah, would love to have my own space, but it's just not feasible at the moment. And where is your parents' home and where is your work? Um, my parents' home is out in sort of the like suburbs, sort of Dublin Six area, and my work is in um, the C- Custom House Key, sort of in and around there. Right, yeah. And do you have a car? I don't, no. You don't? I don't drive, yeah. Would you like to? Um, I, I think being living in Dublin City, like city centre, it's not... You don't need it. Yeah, well, I, it's fine in terms of, um, like, there's lots of public transport options available to us. And, right. You know, I'm right on the Lewis line, stuff like that. Um, oh, heaven. And it's still... Yeah, but it is still, like, it's faster for me to walk to work than um, get get any sort of 
public transport. It takes an hour at least, depending on traffic, to take the bus to the Lewis. Um, and it's so congested in the mornings. It's nicer to walk, but obviously when the, uh, the rain hits, I've yeah, <laughs> got to, got to that shelter myself. Uh, Scott, how about you? Um, so I'm a student. I'm just in the final year of my degree at the moment. So I'm living at home with my mum and dad and my little brother and sister. Um, so they're a year and a half younger than me. So I'm kind of in the same boat with Miriam of just trying to, at the moment, it's just not viable to sort of look at moving outside of the house. Um, even after my degree, like I'll probably be still living at home for a couple of years, regardless of if I go straight into work or if I go into like postgraduate stuff. Right. Um and and what are you studying? I'm studying physics in Trinity at the moment. Right. So. And you're considering doing postgrad? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people in the physics field sort of go straight on to do a PhD. So that's it's another four years on top of everything else. So right. I'd be 26 and still living at home. So it's kind of... And how does that feel? Um, it would feel very good. I don't think to still be 26 and sort of under your parents' feet. You kind of... like. Uh, that age, my mum and dad had bought the house that I'm currently living in, and they paid the mortgage off last week. So they finished the payments. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it's always I'm, a celebration. Yeah, definitely. So you're kind of, I'm trying to balance whether it's take that plunge and sort of commit for four years in the hope that it puts you in some better place, or do you go on and look at okay, I can go off, I could do a graduate scheme, I right. could go, I could go do some, I could study in Europe for a lot cheaper and live in accommodation that's a lot cheaper as well so I've kind of a lot of things to weigh up in the next right. six months You believe you've got more opportunity than your parents did? Yeah definitely um, sort of looking at where my mum and dad would have been leaving secondary school in terms of what was available to them like it was very much a thing of you go out you get a job and just sort of stay in that field for 20-30 years now my, both my parents have changed jobs in the last few years but I think for my generation, it was a thing of, well, actually, you can go to college, you can go get a job. Uh, what is it like living with parents? Do they say, what time will you be in at and where are you going? And let me know what you're doing. Yeah. <coughs> yeah, my parents, um, they're very supportive and they do understand now that the family's getting a little bit older. Um, they're, yeah, but there is still that stuff of like, have you have you brushed your teeth? And <laughs> really, you know, <laughs> stuff living at home and you're like, I'm 25 years old, mother, thank you. Um, but yeah, it's kind of calmed down a little bit more in the last couple of years. But right. um, obviously the age gap, like there's like six years between my eldest sister and my youngest brother. So um, it's kind of loosening on them, but us growing up, the, we kind of forged the trend coming, coming right. through first. Yeah. Let me go to Cork now and Claire O'Neill is on the phone there. Uh, what are your circumstances, Claire? You're a teacher. Yeah, I'm teaching uh, technically, well, I'm teaching full-time, but I'm on a temporary contract. So I'm in the school until the end of June. Um, and I'm the same as the gang as well. I'm living at home. And I think what's really interesting is, it, you know, we all... Well, you know, the majority of us are, and the majority of my friends as well, we are all working full time. And, you know, if there's no accommodation available for us and there's no, I suppose, reasonable price prices on accommodation, yeah. then, you know, how can how can anyone who's, who maybe doesn't have a stable job or maybe can't sign a lease for a year or more, um, you know, how can they get accommodation? I'm sorry. I beg your pardon. You're in Middleton. Yeah. Yeah. What What would it cost you to to rent in Middleton? 
So um, it wouldn't be as much as Abigail was saying as it is in Wicklow. It would be probably around anything between, like, if you wanted to live in a digs, it would probably be five or six hundred euro, and then upwards of eight hundred euro if you wanted kind of either either a granny flat in somebody else's house or upwards of a thousand euro for an apartment in the area with one or two bedrooms. And did you think of moving in with, say, women friends or that? Um, no, to be honest, kind of. I've I was living in Limerick for four years up until June, so I didn't kind of I'm I'm only just starting to kind of look around again because obviously I didn't I wasn't employed until September so right. it's kind of only a recent thing that I'm trying to look at but you know I've been looking for for a month or two now and there's just there's nothing even coming up like the supply isn't there Right okay so do you say reckon that there is no point therefore yeah. uh, let me go if I may to county Monaghan and Emma McGorman. Now, Emma, you tell me your circumstances. Hello, Marion. How are How you? How are you? I'm not too bad. Um, yeah, I'm from Monaghan, so I'm actually a staff nurse in Letterkenny University Hospital. Um, I am on a full-time permanent contract there in Letterkenny. I uh, hail from County Monaghan in Rock Curry, and um, I actually live in Letterkenny. Um, I live in like a small granny flat, and it suits me down to the ground. Um, I actually pay a lot less than what um, I've been hearing so far. Um, what? I'm, what? Actually, um, I'm actually paying one ninety a month. Um, so it's a small now, if you, that so could we just pause to people <laughs> pick their jaws up off the table? Is the line cracking? Is the line yeah. cracking? <laughs> One ninety a month. Yeah. So um, I live at a in a small granny flat at the back of um, our house, the landlady's house. Um, she is like a second mother to me. She takes me in for cups of teas every night after my long shift. It's nine. Um, but uh, yeah, I work in Letterkenny in an acute medical ward, medical three. And um, I do tend to go home a lot because I hail from um, a small village called Rock Curry in County Monaghan. Yeah. Um, I would help my father out on the farm a lot. So I would like to go home um, as much as I can. I uh, qualified one year ago in general nursing in Letterkenny Institute of Technology. And yeah. I'm currently doing my postgraduate diploma in geriatrics, gerontology in the Royal College of Surgeons in Dublin. So I would do a lot of travelling from Letterkenny to Dublin. I would be in Dublin possibly once a week for my course. Um, so I would drive a lot. It would cost me a lot for fuel. But it's unfortunate um, more and more young people are now living or moving back home to parents. So that's that's very tough. The main reasons for this, not surprising, is the financial insecurity. Yeah, because you would people. have liked, I gather, to do a stint in one of the university hospitals. Oh, of course. I, my, my, all my friends have um, now kind of left Letterkenny and they've moved to the bigger cities for the experience. I would have loved to have that opportunity, but I was kind of set on staying in Letterkenny. Um, I, I, I love Letterkenny. They class it as a forgotten county, which it shouldn't be. Um, Letter Donegal is the county that needs to be recognised. Um, but um, I must highlight the fact that the newly qualified nurses that are actually leaving Donegal and are actually in Letterkenny at the moment are struggling to make ends meet due to the fact that they're on this recruitment pause. This is uh, putting grave pressure on nurses to be able to even pay for food, let alone rent. This is where and parking nurses. and parking. I gather that's a real problem in Dublin. Oh, oh yeah, of course. And newly qualified nurses in Donegal area are offered 19.5 hour contracts per week. 
and it's half their half their permanent contracts and this is just not good enough like they can hardly pay rent talk about paying for food and paying for bills it just is a cohort of young newly qualified nurses that have trained and they are, have studied four long hard years right to come out with a degree and they're only getting 19.5 hour contracts okay so now i want to them. whiz around you all uh, were you conscious of the crash when it happened abigail Yes, I, I I was because my sister, as I said, is ten years older than me, so that means because it's, she was actually going through it, she came out of college as the crash was happening, and I really did notice it with her trying to get a job and her friend trying to get a job, and Miriam, did you notice it? Um, yeah, I would say I was probably a bit young at the time to kind of fully understand, but um, I did notice things were a little bit tighter at home. Um, like we never wanted for anything, obviously, but um, it was just, yeah, things, it wasn't that sort of, I'll have 20 euro at the weekend every every weekend sort of thing. Um, right. And things were... So holidays were cut back. And, yeah, well, yeah. like, yeah, a lot of that was cut back. It was like, I didn't go on the ski trip in fourth year, stuff like that, which I felt at the time. But again, we were very well looked after. My parents made a huge effort not to... Right. Not to burden us with anything like that. Scott, how about you? Um, yeah, definitely. I suppose the one thing that stood out for me from it was as my dad was self-employed at the time as a taxi driver. Um, he had to take on some other work in some other areas. But I just remember like the hours, like my dad had worked 16, 17 hour days at times. So I just remember like savage hours in terms of like working nearly all day, every day, just to sort of keep our heads above water. That was sort of the defining memory of that period of time anyway would be like you'd see him for a while but like the days he worked like yeah. it was just ridiculous yeah um, I'm, again just moving on very quickly do any of you ever think about having children or would you like to have children yeah I think um, like in, in a personal case I think I had a couple a couple of health scare issues a while ago and it kind of brought it all sharply into focus for me um, I think as a young woman in Ireland, thankfully we have the most sort of reproductive rights that we've ever had. So it is strictly sort of our decision now. But um, when you think about having kids, so I'm 25 now, it's about a 10 year lifespan before I go uh, into sort of being clinically geriatric. So I've got to think about, you know, but I've got to think about being financially stable in the next five years if I want to go on and have a family. Is that a possibility? I, don't, I really don't think it is at this stage. Um like we're either I'm either going to be living at home till I'm 30 saving to buy a house that's probably in rag order anyway and yeah. um, you know or I go move out and never have like a penny to my name so it's it's kind of a lose-lose yeah Claire um yeah I mean definitely I I mean I'm not in a, an immediate rush or anything but it's kind of like there's so much pressure now that you have to think about those things like as you know Miriam was saying there it's very much a lot of you know it's a lot of thinking about well what about in the next five years if I if I move out and I rent I'll be broke and but if I stay at home and save then I'm putting a lot of pressure on my family to and if you had um if you had a boyfriend and you're living at home could he stay over uh no I do and he doesn't how do you mean um, as in, I have oh, yes, friends, have but he's not allowed to stay over. Well, he, well, like, he doesn't stay over. Right. Um, Miriam, what do you uh, work at? Uh, I work in Dog Patch Labs, which is a innovation hub in the CHQ building. So basically what that means is we um, try and make Ireland's um, 
the working environment in Ireland yeah. as sort of beneficial for entrepreneurs as possible. So we do that by providing sort of a curated um, work co-working space as well as kind of running workshops, mentoring um, events that are open to the wider public. And then we do corporate innovation programmes as well. Right. It's very busy space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it sounds like it might be very well paid. Or we, I, I, I would have I wish. thought. Yeah. <laughs> or I really. No, I mean, it, they're, they're fair, definitely. Um, and like it's a, it is a relatively competitive salary. But we're sort of a startup ourselves. It's right. quite a small team. Yeah. Um. So what that means is like I, I, you know, there are a lot of opportunities in tech in Ireland at the moment, um, which is great. But um, I'm kind of more so going down the road. Like I could be working for a large multinational, and I did previously. Um. But this this work is a little bit closer to my heart. It's the kind of developing Ireland's uh, enterprise right. and. Um, because I'm a little bit more passionate about it, and right. it's a little bit less le- less well paid, um, but I'm happy to go down that route, particularly okay. in the early years. Okay, yeah. Abigail, um, you say you will have children, but you don't know when. Yeah, eventually, one day. Right. <laughs> and, and you can you bring your boyfriend home? Gladly, yes. My parents have no issue with him coming to my house, or me, or his parents don't mind me going down to his, which right. is quite lucky in that sense. But it would be a completely different story if we couldn't do that like the relationship probably wouldn't have lasted because like it's it's difficult enough do you know what i mean to go to someone else's house especially like if i went to his house there is like his sister could be down and all that sort of stuff and it it's like it's and would busy. you share a room yeah right and parents have no problem with that no. uh, how about you scott um Kids aren't even on the horizon. I'm 22. My main focus is my exams at the moment. Right. Um, and I don't think most of my peers are going to even consider having kids until they're well into their 30s, possibly their 40s. Emma? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm kind of um, career driven at the moment. Just that's kind of something later on down the line. I'm 23 myself. So um, at, at the moment, it's not a priority. I'd rather focus on my education and um Later on down the line, maybe consider something like that. But um, no, not at the present time. Right. Okay. Um, Now, the other thing that came up in in that um, report was anxiety. Do you think you experience a lot of anxiety? I personally would, definitely. I would suffer from panic attacks and all that sort of stuff. So I would I would be an anxious person generally. Over what? Sorry, who's that? Emma. Hello. Yes. Uh, yeah. As a staff nurse, um, I personally find uh, stress as nurses. That's a, a massive part of our profession as well. We find levels of stress are influenced by a number of factors, such as like clinical environment, overcrowding, the availability of support staff, and the coping strategies that try and help us. We're trying to relieve that as much as possible. You come on towards, and it's it's just it's tough because you just have to get stuck in and uh, the support might not be there at the time but you have to work around it and try and deal with the stress as best you can um, and that would that be a, a constant in your life um no no at the end of the day every job has stressful aspects to it but you have to take the positives of course you're looking after patients you want to provide the best care you can right you go in with the headspace the best and you're going into care for the, be- the patients as best as you can right and you're going to leave feeling that you've done your best uh, but there's days that you do feel fatigued. You're leaving at eight. You're starting at eight o'clock in the morning, and who knows? You might not get out till eleven p.m. that night because you might have a sick patient that needs to be transferred to another unit. Right. And you're going to stay until you're sure that they're in a higher. Uh, 
they're they're in a higher ward that can uh, care for their needs. Okay, Claire, how about you? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think in every job, as you know, as Emma was saying, there's a lot of stress. But in particular, I think there's so many. I I honestly would still blame social media, the majority of it. I mean, I've been on both sides of the teaching scale. I've had absolutely lovely classes and I've had, you know, classes that I found really tough to to deal with. But again, it's about looking at the positives. And a lot of it was, I found, you know, the fact that we're so immersed in social media and I found... Tell me about that. Hmm? Tell me a little bit about that, yeah, in terms of anxiety and stress. Well, I suppose the thing is, I heard um, a metaphor for social media one time and I thought it was so accurate that it's basically an ad for your life. (laughs) And, you know, if a shop is putting out an ad, it's never going to put out, you know, the negatives about whatever they're selling. They're just going to put out the positives. And that's what social media is, effectively. So all you're looking at is the amazing lives of people and you never see anything behind the scenes. So, you know, in jobs where you're particularly busy, like if you're for anyone who's working full time, I find that a lot of your time, you know, whether you're working late or anything, you're just scrolling through your phone and you're looking at other people's idealistic lives and you just feel so worthless and like you don't have you don't have what they have basically when you probably do but um, I found that disconnecting myself from that and you know just engaging in like another project outside of my phone helped Um, and tell me you have two peers people you know um, who died by suicide yes yeah and Um, do you think well I mean you don't know whoever knows about these things do you think there's that level of pressure that you have to project a perfect life well it's not even about projecting a perfect life it's about we're gone so like I think the more you look at other people's so like so called perfect lives the more you get so caught up in your own imperfect life um, the more you see other people's perfections and holidays and new pets and boyfriends and all those kinds of things they all have their own pressures and I think that you know when you're looking at that all the time and you have to stay at home and for example like I'll be planning you know during the week up until 10 11 o'clock at night I don't really have time to socialize especially during the week weekends sometimes but um you know you do make up for that by looking at things or contacting people on your phone and when the more you do that the more you realise, I suppose, you don't even think of the negatives that other people right. have in their lives. You okay. just think Miriam, you want to come in on yeah, that? Yeah, just to add to that, I think social media just... Um puts us in this constant state of comparison with others whether that's the kind of looking down yeah. on others and saying I'm much better off or looking up to others and saying oh I wish I had what they had but for all its woes I think social media has really done a fantastic job of sort of democratising the media that we consume so we're also um, a lot more we're in contact with a lot more of the suffering and inequity that's going on around the world which is also actually quite stressful because right. we're looking around at uh, you know th- wars happening and stuff happening on the borders and um, you know, even you're hearing personal stories from people who've, um, you know, come up against discrimination and it becomes, it, it's very, very overwhelming constantly. It's a constant right. onslaught. So Yeah, all the time. Yeah, and you hear people going on social media detoxes now, especially when they go away to just really check out of that um, okay. space. Okay, 
Uh, caller asked me to ask you if you're paying your way at home. My friend has four young working adults at home and no one pays. She also does laundry and buys groceries and that's in West Dublin. <laughs> I do. Which I can be Claire. Yeah. You um, can... I pay and I do my own laundry. Very good. Scott? Um not at the moment, just because I'm a student, so the agreement has been as long as we're in college, we won't be, but I don't expect not to pay rent once I am actually running a wage. Abigail? Yes. You pay? Yes. I pay a very small fee relative to what the, the asking price is in the area. Right, okay. Another one says, as a 39-year-old woman who left having children until later due to financial insecurity, I believe that contrary to your contributor's statement, women in Ireland have very limited reproductive freedom. We need to facilitate and encourage women to start their families younger. And then there is another one there that says, Hi mine, I'm 24, not from Dublin and renting. So are all my friends. We are not lucky enough to have parents in Dublin. It would be good to have balance. Renting in Dublin is possible. Myself and my friends are proof of this. We also rented through college. It's not all doom and gloom. Lots of young people forging their own uh, paths. And much, much more besides that I'd love to have talked to you all about uh, more. But I'm going to have to go to a break now. So my thanks to Miriam Sweeney, Abigail Mahan, Scott Byrne, Emma McGovern and Claire O'Neill. And we'll take a break. Podcast, the Marion Finucane Show at rte.ie slash radio.